Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a rec- recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. Welcome to our July edition of First Look ETF. Coming up on today's show, we will examine a pair of ETFs that target growth stocks, plus an actively managed ETF that targets the real estate market. But first, let's begin with a quick recap of the latest ETF launches on the New York Stock Exchange. Joining us from the NYSE is Douglas Yonas. Hi, Douglas. It's great to have you with us. Oh, it's always great to be back. Thanks, Stephanie. Okay, give us an update. What are the latest numbers? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the capital markets really don't want to perform for us, but the ETF markets continue to do so. Last month, we launched 31 new ETFs, bringing in almost $6 billion in new net cash flow. Who's counting? We are. That's 203 ETFs at the midway point, bringing in over $24 billion in new cash flow this year alone. Yeah, you talked about the mid-year mark. Um, Do we expect this momentum to continue throughout the rest of the year? We really do. You know, if we kind of take a mid, mid-year mid peak, if you will, at the ETF market, it's interesting. The actively managed ETF story continues to remain a theme. 111, that's over half of all new launches this year, are actively managed ETFs. There's now 2,954 ETFs in the U.S. market with $6.3 trillion of assets under management. And this year, again, the capital markets are not performing, but fund flows are for ETFs. billion this year in new fund flows. And so we are continuing to remain excited. I'll also point out, in addition to the actively managed theme, we continue to see mutual funds convert directly into ETFs. You'll hear about that on today's show. $16 billion have converted just this year alone from mutual funds, traditional mutual funds, directly into ETFs. Wow. Yeah, it's becoming a popular option. Now, you um, talked a little bit about how the NYSC's active proxy structure is gaining steam for ETFs. Tell us a little bit more about that. It really has. You know, for asset managers, for active asset managers, they don't want to show their holdings every day. The New York Stock Exchange created a, a unique solution. It's a proprietary solution. We call it the proxy model. Uh, there are now $2.7 billion being managed under that model. Two new funds from Index IQ just launched in the last month. 
and that makes up a pretty sizable portion of what's close to 900 actively managed ETFs in the market today. So for those that are out there watching, those interested uh, in learning more, they can contact us anywhere through the New York Stock Exchange's website or at homeofetfs.com. All right, Douglas Jonas, it is always great to see you. Uh, you guys rolling forward there at the NYSE. Take care. And just a quick reminder that we simulcast First Look ETF on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other major podcasting platforms, so be sure to check us out there. Growth investing compared to other equity strategies is down, but it is certainly not out. A new pair of index IQ ETFs targeting the growth stock category have been introduced. Joining us to discuss more about these new funds is Barry Peters, Managing Director and Client Portfolio Manager with Winslow Capital. Hi, Barry. It is great to have you with us. Hey, Stephanie. Great to be here. Okay, so you have two recently launched funds in the Index IQ lineup. They are the IQ Winslow Focus Large Cap Growth ETF. That ticker is IWFG. And then the IQ Winslow Large Cap Growth ETF, and that is IWLG. Similar tickers and both ETFs targeting growth stocks. But growth stocks, as we know, have been punished this year. Do you think that growth investing is still a good long-term strategy at this point? Oh, absolutely. If you think about it, the rationale behind investing in stocks or equities in general is so investors can participate in the long-term growth of that company's earnings and free cash flow over time. We believe simply that growth investing has an inherent structural advantage in the sense that its earnings and free cash flow grow at a greater rate than the market as a whole, and that growth compounds on itself. So while growth is at this point somewhat out of favor on a year-to-date basis, it is still alive and well and a perfectly valid approach, and it's no more dead today than say the value side of investing was three years ago. Okay, I think a lot of people are gonna be happy to hear that. (laughs) Um, Tell us a little bit more about these two particular ETFs. How do they differ and what types of investors might find them attractive? I think both of the strategies offer investors kind of a core growth exposure to the asset class. Um, When you look at the two, the difference is really between uh, the F in the IWFG which is the IWFG strategy is a focus strategy, meaning it has roughly half the holdings that the more diversified counterpart uh, IWLG does. So it's simply a level of concentration, whether you want your portfolio diversified across roughly 50 stocks or whether you want it more concentrated in the 25 to 30 range. So I was reading a little bit more about IWFG and that it doesn't always offer full transparency. Can you explain how this works and what that means? Actually, this would apply to both of those strategies, IWLG and IWFG. The vast majority of ETFs historically have mimicked a known index. So there's no uncertainty as to what the holdings are, thus having full transparency of its holdings is appropriate. But in an actively managed vehicle where we are buying and selling, it's equally appropriate to have a semi-transparent strategy where we're not 100% of the time disclosing 100% accurate holdings, meaning we want to be able to um, mask or keep that inside information um, away from the market as a whole as to securities that we may be buying or selling at any one point in time. That's why it's semi-transparent. 
That makes sense. Um, but on that note, then, can you give us a, a sneak peek into some of the holdings at this point? Sure. Both of the strategies offer exposure to very innovative growth companies across the global economy. And I think many people erroneously think of the word growth and simplistically think of maybe the technology sector or the communication services sector. That's not our approach at all. We think more holistically, meaning how do companies across different sectors and different industries utilize technology as a tool to enhance their business model. So our portfolio offers exposure to companies like Chipotle Mexican Grill, right? The fast food restaurant that you wouldn't think of as a quote unquote technology or growth company, but they spent a lot of time and money developing their app and putting in place Chipotle lanes at their drive-through accessible units, which allowed them uh, to really profit, benefit, and boom by the pandemic in an overall environment where the restaurant sector was entirely out of favor. Um, Intuitive Surgical is a company that we own in the portfolio. They offer a robotic surgical device named DaVinci that allows doctors to do more effective, less invasive surgeries limiting the time that people have to spend in the hospital in recovery, thus benefiting both the hospital and um, the patient. Palo Alto Networks is a company that's an industry leader in the core, what's known as the firewall business, but they're evolving their business to the cloud, offering them to deliver their service and their solution via the cloud in a more flexible, cost-effective way and that's generating 70% year-over-year growth in their cloud security business. And my final example might be somebody like John Deere, right? The tractor company, which I don't think people think of as growthy at all. Um, but it's a perfect example of a growth-enabled business. Through the use of technology that's developed over time, John Deere now utilizes precision agriculture in the use of autonomous autonomously driven tractors, much like a Tesla car, to allow farmers to derive greater crop yields and lower costs through the use of less pesticides, less herbicides, and less fertilizer, all of which also have a positive environmental aspect. So while growth investing 20 to 30 years ago might have been kind of simplistically thought of as tech, Today, tech is far more diversified across every sector, every industry, and every company. Yeah, it's fascinating. Definitely a diverse set of brands that you mentioned there. And I had Chipotle for lunch, by the way. <laughs> All right. Barry Peters, Winslow Capital, thank you so much for joining us here on First Look ETF. Thank you for having me. JP Morgan Asset Management has been an active ETF issuer this year. The firm has already successfully converted several mutual funds to the ETF structure. Here to discuss three recently launched funds is Brian Lake, Global Head of ETF Solutions at JP Morgan Asset Management. Hi, Brian. It is great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Great to be here. Okay, JP Morgan introducing three ETFs targeting different segments of the stock market. All of them are recent mutual fund to ETF conversions. Tell us about these. Yeah, well, we're really excited about this, Stephanie. I mean, if you think about what's happening in the asset management space, we're going through a very big transition where, uh, like we've seen in other industries, people are changing how they get their exposure to the markets. And in the same way that we don't listen to vinyl records anymore, we listen to MP3s. We're seeing more and more investors use the ETF wrapper as their way to get exposure uh, to the market. Uh, it trades throughout the day. It's tax efficient. 
Um, most of them are transparent, and in fact, many of them are transparent. And so, um, we at J.P. Morgan have some incredible investment capabilities, strategies that these managers have been running for a very long time with strong track record, and we've now decided to convert those into the ETF wrapper so you can combine the best of the ETF wrapper with the um, investment capabilities of these active managers. And so, yeah, we've converted four ETFs, uh, four mutual funds to ETFs this year. Okay, two of those um, that you added to your lineup, and I'll, I'll just tell you the tickers here, J-I-R-E, Jire, and J-M-E-E, which um, both used your firm's enhanced equity strategy. Tell us a little bit more about these ETFs and that strategy. Yeah, we've got a, a, a long track record of being very successful active managers. And so when we can use the big scale that our firm has from research to the analyst and the investment professionals around the world, take that, and apply it to these different areas of the market where we can slightly overweight some securities or underweight other securities with the objective of consistent but meaningful outperformance over the long haul, um, we think that that can really have a big impact on investors' portfolios. And when you have environments like the one we have right now where the markets are wobbling a little bit, maybe return expectations are somewhat muted, having some strategies that can actually generate alpha, outperform the benchmark, is what I think investors are looking for. And I think it's important to remember that passive investing does have some limitations. And so when you look at some of these strategies that can give you that opportunity for outperformance, it can really have a big impact in the long run. Okay, we cannot leave you without talking about your equity premium ETF, JEPI. I know this has been getting a lot of buzz and a lot of interest among investors. Yeah, two of the big challenges for investors right now are finding income and finding income without taking on duration in an environment where, where, where rates are rising. Uh, and so JEPI is actually a, a covered call strategy where we own a basket of quality securities that has a covered call that then generates extra premium income uh, above and beyond. And um, this strategy was launched a little less than two years ago. It's now exceeded $10 billion in assets. And we're seeing it used in portfolios in so many different ways, mostly to achieve income, but also in some instances actually to replace fixed income uh, because of the qualities that it has. It has a yield uh, that exceeds seven or 8%, um, sometimes even higher than that. Um, and it also does provide some downside protection because of that option that comes into it. So you're getting the yield and you're getting some of that safety that comes with the portfolio. So uh, Jeppy's a really exciting strategy that we've, uh, that we've, we've got offered. Yeah, investors definitely looking for those safe havens. And then before we go, um, the other three recently, more recent ETFs, how do you see those being used as part of an overall uh, portfolio strategy? Yeah, so investors have a lot of selection these days. I, I think, um, you know, there's over 2,000 ETFs available to, to investors here in the U.S. And they're putting together portfolios to help meet their investment objectives. Um, but the vast majority of ETFs were all passive or index-based strategies. And so by delivering active capabilities, we're now bringing tools to investors to build better portfolios to achieve the outcomes that they're looking for. So whether that's managing risk or whether that's providing some outperformance vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the benchmark, these tools are absolutely being used uh, in portfolios to achieve those goals. All right, we'll leave it there. Brian Lake, thank you for joining us here on First Look ETF. It is great to have you with us. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, that does it for today's episode of First Look ETF. If you enjoyed the show, tell us in the comments section below, and you can also go ahead and hit the like button. A big thanks to all of our guests, including Douglas Jonas with the NYSE. Be sure to check out homeofetfs.com for more information. 
Also, don't forget to pick up the podcast version of First Look ETF. It is available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other major podcasting platforms. I'm Stephanie Stanton with ETF Guide. It is great to have you with us. We'll see you next time. Today's episode of First Look ETF is brought to you by the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. To hear from experts across the ETF market, visit homeofetfs.com. NYSE has sponsored this production by ETF Guide LLC for illustrative, informational, and educational purposes only, without regard to any particular investor's objectives, financial situation, or circumstances. NYSE neither represents nor warrants the accuracy or correctness of any of the statements in the production, which has been independently assembled by ETF Guide LLC and with whom sole editorial control rests. NYSE makes no recommendation as to possible benefits from any securities or trading strategies, and this production is not a rec- recommendation, offer, or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or engage in any trading strategy. Prior to the execution of a purchase or sale of any security, you are advised to consult with your own advisors.